Okay, quick PSA. It's so hot today. <laughs> like, sauna. Like, when I got in my car, the temperature read 26 degrees. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. But I think currently it's around 23, and so if there are any external noises, it is so hot, we have to have the windows open. Um, so oh, you're probably nice. going to yeah. hear very intense panting from the bumps, <laughs> and yeah. also a few cars. And the birds sound kind of loud today. But I don't mind bird noises so much. Quite soothing, actually. Did I tell you my bird song story? (laughs) (laughs) My bird song story? No. That very niche topic of conversation, so... I don't believe you have. Please tell me. Um, so I don't really know how to like describe this in any other way other than I was having a somewhat out-of-body experience, wink, wink. And, um... I had this thought that if aliens were to ever come to Earth and, um, oh, okay, but anyway, yes. yes, so if aliens ever came to Earth and they said to us, give us one good reason why we shouldn't absolutely annihilate this hellhole, mm-hmm. this, this pitiful planet okay. that you live on, I thought to myself, just show them bird calls like beautiful new zealand bird calls (laughs) just show them bird calls like get them to listen to new zealand native birds like the tui the tui is a goodie or the bellbird and like something so pure and beautiful and illustrious and And ethereal they will automatically realize their mistake not so much their mistake, but more so they're like, yes, that is a good reason why we shouldn't destroy this planet because you have something so pure and so as the Tui. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> and they'll just get in their spaceship and they'll and zoom away. Zoom and that is my feeling on bird calls. Mm. I just think they're one of the coolest things. <laughs> you might be right on that. <laughs> Speaking of birds, have yes. you voted for Bird of the Year? Yeah, I did. Yeah? I always have the Kia's top. Really? Top dog. Kia's are my all-time favorite birds. Interesting. The coloring, mm-hmm. their personality, and like myself, they are mountain goers. Mountain goers. Yeah, like they froth the snow and they froth, mm. you know, the chips, dim, on, hot chips and tea sauce on the mountain. That's true. They are hella cheeky, though. They're little shits. Yeah. Yeah, like they nibbled, so in our trip to Wanaka last year, they nibbled a hole in our ski rack thing on top of our rental car. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, like they just do that. They're so destructive. <laughs> yeah. We When we were um, hiking Kepler's, they were so cheeky. They would go on top of our tents and try to like nibble, through. nibble it through, and they went through... Um, a couple of people's packs that they left outside and like completely <laughs> yeah. like destroyed it all. We were just yeah. like, oh my god, all of this gear is so expensive. I don't know, I just admire them. I just think that, that like I find that so hilarious that yeah. these like absolutely <laughs> beautiful birds are like, dee, mine now. Yeah. Like, they just steal shit. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's cute, but you're like, stop. <laughs> Not my stuff, like other, you can steal like other, other people's, people's stuff. <laughs> but don't you take my ski gloves or yeah. anything important. Like anything else that costs money. Yeah. You're like, mm. no, 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 no. Okay, so key is number one. Key is my number one and the, um, oh god, what's it called? 
Oh no, it's gone out of my head. Um, not the kiddo. The kaka. No, the kakapo. Kakapo. Yeah, the big green chunky boy. Yeah, that looks a my little bit like a kia. Yes. Yeah, but I clearly green. have like a <laughs> green is my favorite you have a color. Type. Yeah, <laughs> my type is green. <laughs> you have a bird type. <laughs> Shrek. Shrek. Um, yeah, the kakapo. I that I think they have the cutest little snuffly looking faces. Yeah, all chunky, all squishy. Yeah, a little squishy, squishy, and they're so endangered, and that makes yeah. me sad. Um, I actually, yeah. I think I put the kakapo as number two. Oh yeah, and the kia is number. three. Oh, what was your numero My uno? numero uno was the blue duck. Justify yourself. They're cute. The blue duck? The blue duck? They're not quite blue. They're like a grey blue. And they're really small and they're very endangered. Is it a duck? It's a duck. From not... the name okay. blue, blue duck. I don't know. It could have been some sort of like obscure name. for Oh, like, like a, to lead you astray. Like, yeah, like oh, you it's actually it was a duck, so, like some sort of robin mm, or something. No, no, it is a duck. It's a duck. Okay. Um, and what part of New Zealand would you find a blue duck? I think it's in the south. When Christopher and I were hiking um, near the end of Kepler's, uh, we saw one, mm-hmm. and we didn't know whether it was the blue duck at the time, so we just, like, spent quite a bit of time taking pictures of this duck. Oh, okay. Um, and then we went back to dock. Being is like, it blue? Is this, is this a blue duck? It's kind, it's like a bluey grey. Okay. But more grey than blue. Oh, so like, Yeah. Um, and they're, like, really, really little and very cute. Um, like baby ducks. Is it? Baby duck. Because um, when I was in the Galapagos Islands, oh, they have blue-footed boobies. Oh. And though they is that a bird? It is. Yeah. It's a duck? <laughs> it's not a duck. Not a duck. It's more like a seagull-looking thing. Who calls or a like bird al- a booby? It's like an albatross. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they have very, like, neon blue feet. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like almost a, um, what would you call that? Like a, oh, I can't words today, Melissa. Um, like an eggshell blue. Like they're very, very light. Oh. Blue. Oh, okay. Well, um, to segue into that. Um, kia ora, I, everyone. Yeah, kia ora. Hey. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. Uh, that is Melissa Lowe. And that is Olivia Pape. And that's Zigathy and Missathy. They're both mistletoe and I can't think of a Christmas related zig. Ziggy Ziggy pudding. (laughs) That's kind of cute, actually. Okay, cool. (laughs) Mistletoe and ziggy pudding. They're very hot and they don't care to be here. They are made of wool and they are hot. They're floofy. How did you survive? This week or just life? <laughs> this this specific week, Melissa. This, the listeners want to know this how you survived week. the week. How have I survived the week? Well, this week has had its up and downs, but I think overall she's been a really great week. Yay! Okay, and tell it us is, more. It is because, as I told Olivia um, earlier this week, 
we got our um, Christopher's visa got accepted um, and so we oh, yeah. So, yeah last week you told me that was it last week yeah last week oh. no it was this week maybe it was last week um, <laughs> but because the visa got accepted we were like amazing yes let's book flights let's like get the ball rolling mm-hmm. so like we booked managed isolation we booked our um flights and everything and everything's like all ready to go i think i like confirmed christopher's flights yesterday with qatar i'd spent like three days talking to them on the phone over like um some cancelled flights in march and oh my god it really brings you down like it really because they don't want to give you they don't want to help they don't want to they're just really bad i don't know but yeah so like i think the first person i talked to he was horrible and then the second person i talked to was fantastic then the third person i talked to was even more horrible but then I, like, eventually went all Karen on his ass and was like, I want to talk to the manager. Like, (laughs) You went full, I want to talk to the manager? Well, I was just like, who do I complain about this? Because they wouldn't go, they wouldn't follow through with something they said in the email, which would save us, like, $1,000. And so I was like, someone needs to sort this out for me because I'm not having it. Um, And then I hung up. And they were all going to, it was maybe going to get sorted. But internally, I was like, I'm probably going to have to pay this extra money. Um, so I was pretty sad. But then, I think, yeah, yesterday or the day before, I was like, I'll just call Qatar one more time. One so, last shot. Just one last shot. Hope was kind of gone at that point. But I was like, I'll just give it another shot. And I called and they were like, oh, yes, the complaints team um saw the email that you were talking about and yep that's totally our bad we're gonna um arrange your flights with no extra charge like don't worry about it um and he like completely sussed me oh my gosh yay okay go Qatar so like it ended up being okay with Qatar good so like survival tip for this is like persistence is key (laughs) never give up because maybe just maybe you'll get what you want absolutely like if you don't ask yeah like what is that be prepared to get all karen i don't know if i have ever asked to speak to a manager i've certainly i've um placed one bad review (laughs) of a place on i think TripAdvisor. Oh, wow. I went full one star because I was just yeah. so offended by the service that I'd received. Yeah. But I never went, like, at the time, I never said to this woman, I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> I just very quietly placed like, like, <laughs> a bad review on TripAdvisor. Just hiding behind my screen. Absolutely. Um, no, like, I wasn't proud that I did it. <laughs> that I, like, uttered the words, can I speak to your manager? <laughs> But I was, he was yelling at me as well. Like, oh. it was quite rude. Oh, um, hmm. Anyway, so anyway. that was my week. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it all worked out. It then. all worked out. And he's coming over in January. And I'm going, I'm like going over before. And then I'm coming back with him. And I'm just like very excited. Yes. I can't wait to like spend more time with him and with yeah. you guys. And 
just I'm excited too. have some fun memes and do some fun things. Now that I'm viciously uh, single, <laughs> I just need to live vicariously through others' happiness. No, that's not true. I want oh. my own happiness. <laughs> oh, but, of course. But I will come and hang out with you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well. How was your week? Okay, my week. Um, I had some, like, I had a very, very traumatic thing happen to me the other morning, and it's really just shaken me to my core. So, um, I was flossing my teeth like a good girl. Yes. Like a good oral hygienic (laughs) girl. Um, and I have that special floss, this is such a dry story, I have that special (laughs) floss that is able to hook in and out of uh, wires that are there from braces. Um, I don't have braces. I had them back in the day. Um, but you had the wire that yes, was like I have the behind. Wire that, yes, runs yeah. around the back of the teeth. And Invisalign. Isn't that what it's called? No, oh. it's not Invisalign. It's just simply the wire. Oh, like okay. a, a wire. It's called a bond, a bound wire, a bond wire or something. Anyway. Anyway, I thought that um, I the floss was kind of stuck between the teeth and I couldn't like pull it up and over Mm. but what I didn't realize is that it was actually just stuck on the wire and so I'm like yanking the shit out of this floss thinking like how strange that it's not just (laughs) popping out like it usually does and of course yeah I end up just ripping the wire out of my mouth (sighs) didn't hurt at all but it gave me a hell of a fright yeah and my mouth has just felt like a foreign place (laughs) ever since because I've had that wire for 10 years yeah and it has because obviously it was not taken out properly I've been left with these really hard bits of glue stuck on two of my teeth where like the main part of the wire just kind of play with it yeah my tongue can't stop Mm. like touching them yeah and I think because um you know you use your tongue for so many things that every time it moves it's kind of like oh there's something wrong because this thing's not there and there's other weird now feelings in my mouth yeah 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 it's just foreign I have felt like my mouth has produced a lot more saliva as a result because it's kind of trying to it's maybe it's a bit stressed. Perhaps dispel this like oh. new this like whatever this is because yeah. my tongue keeps going. Oh, that's not right. That shouldn't be there. Like it feels like these big holes cut out of my teeth, but it's Ooh. not. It's actually a raised ledge. Yeah. But yeah. because I my tongue just keeps like rubbing up against it, it feels like it, the tooth itself. There's a problem. So it's just been Ew. bloody mentally distressing. But it's funny what you were saying about being on the phone with somebody and them not having a bar of, like, what you were putting <laughs> down. So yeah. I called the orthodontist that morning. Yeah. Hey, I haven't spoken to you in 10 years. How's it going? Um, <laughs> the lady was just not having a bar of me being like, oh, my God. <laughs> I am in distress right now. Like, uh, Help like, me. Yeah, I was like, what do I do in this situation? She's just like, are you in any pain or discomfort? And I was like, well, no, but I'm in a lot of mental discomfort. She didn't laugh once. (laughs) She didn't respond to my bullshit. She just went through the rigmarole and was like, okay, well, because you're not in any pain, um, I'll just put you in at the next available appointment, which is a week away. So I have it this week. Was she just like... 
Having a bad day, maybe. Well, it was 8 a.m. I was possibly the first call for right. the morning. And, yeah, I was just... I, you know, I had a lot of energy <laughs> that morning, clearly. She you were having... It was an adrenaline yeah. rush with yeah. what just happened, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So she just wasn't having a bar of it. Not having a bar. Um, But, yeah, so my survival tip is if you're being a good girl like me and you're flossing... Just be a bit more gentle. You don't actually have to rip around your mouth. If something's not kind of coming out, there's probably a good reason. Leave it alone. Just be a bit careful. But alternatively, you should all be flossing. And if you're listening to this and you don't floss, take this as as a lesson. I I have a dentist appointment on Monday and I have not flossed. Since when have you not flossed? since um tell the listeners you know how we <laughs> tell them you, you know like when you get a dentist appointment coming up and you're like oh shit i haven't flossed so you start flossing for like two days before the appointment only two days that was like since the last appointment. <gasps> and then like after the appointment you're like i'm gonna be a good girl and floss and then you floss for like the first day and then you forget i expected more <laughs> from you i am horrible I know. If my if the dentist is listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay, look. <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> I have a thing about oral hygiene. Mm. <laughs> if I feel like you know how some foods um I suppose inflame that furry feeling on your teeth more than others. If I yeah. develop that furry feeling on my teeth, I cannot think of anything else except my absolute desperate need to find a toothbrush and toothpaste <laughs> and brush my teeth. Like, I would leave work to find oh my a, God. like find a way for me to brush my teeth. Wow. Because I put so much care into my oral hygiene. Yeah. And I think it partly stems from the fact that my parents growing up spent so much money on my yeah. mouth that I feel like if I effed it up, yeah, I know how expensive that, oh, that it's shit so is. Expensive. And so I, because I'm now older and they wouldn't pay for it, I'm like, I don't want. To I have will to have pay. to pay yeah. for it. Yeah. I don't want to have to do that. But another thing I heard a long time ago, which has stuck with me forever, is knowing the way you look after your mouth and how much effort you put into your oral hygiene. Yeah. Would you kiss your own mouth? No. Hard no. If the answer is no, <laughs> then you... I mean, like, I still brush my teeth. Like, I think there needs to be a difference, though, <laughs> Dr. Liv, in that whole concept of brushing one's teeth. I think the it sh- the wording should change from, hey, kids, go brush your teeth, to, hey, kids, go and clean your teeth. Yeah. Because cleaning, I would say, involves brushing. Mm-hmm. Flossing, mm. um, mousse, if that's, you know, if mousse. that's your thing, a bit of tooth mousse. Oh. Um, and, you know, a mouthwash. So you do the whole thing. Mm. I used to be really into mouthwash. Then it ran out. And you just never bought more. Never bought more. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so that's my feel. Okay, I'll take better care of my teeth, especially because the dentist appointment is tomorrow. Yeah, girl. Like, I'm fully prepared to go in being like, I'm I'm really sorry for this. And I just point to my teeth. <laughs> and go, I would do better 
I'll try, I promise. <laughs> I'll try. I just, like, I get a lot of satisfaction as well whenever I go to the dentist and they go, oh, wow, it's so nice when you come along. It's so easy to work with. And I'm just there like, ding. Okay, teacher's pet, but I don't. I'm so <laughs> teacher's pet for my dentist. I'm like, hello. You're like, yes, it's me. You're a gold star pupil. Look at how good I've been. <laughs> I'm like, I suck. I'm sorry. I know. I also have a really wide mouth and I just genuinely you feel do, like yeah. I would be a really easy dentist Kate because yeah, like, yeah, open yeah. wide and I'm just like my mm. jaw unhinges <laughs> and like my chin touches my neck like that'd be like whoa whoa not that far <laughs> um but yeah so um that's me that's you um Melissa yes Olivia would you like to hear a story <gasps> a story about what hmm Perhaps a crazy survival story. Well, Melissa, on with the story. So, of course, yeah, I'm so excited to share this. Um, this is a story that I reckon affected every preteen girl. <gasps> In the early 2000s. Like deep Is that in their us? soul. Yeah, it was us. Oh my god. I think most people in my class, like my early sort of 2000s classes, all knew this story. But I can imagine perhaps like a boomer or a Gen Zer <laughs> may not have heard the right, story. Right, okay. But for class of 2013... It, this like everybody just knew this story. Okay, that um, means I know the story. I I feel like you. Okay, well, no, this it'll be. Um, I think we should shut these okay. now. <laughs> it's a little loud. She loud. Okay, so I'm going to kick off this story like I did my last one mm-hmm. with a little ode to the narrative. Driving home from one of the most unbelievable days of his life, a man named Tom Hamilton begins to hum a tune that he hasn't heard since he was in the US Navy as a young gunner's mate. Tom's lips move slightly so as not to wake his sleeping daughter, as he recalls the words of the old Navy hymn. Eternal Father, strong to save, whose arm doth bound the restless wave, who biddest the mighty ocean deep, its own appointed limits keep. O hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea. Driving along through the night, the rain falling softly on the windscreen. These are the only words Tom Hamilton can remember. With so much on his mind, it's the only thing his brain can grasp onto. He reaches out to softly take his daughter's hand. But where his hand, coarse and calloused from years of ocean activities, would have met a young, soft one, it's not there, and it never will be again. (gasps) This is the incredible survival story of that little girl, Bethany Hamilton, also known as the Soul Surfer. I have goosebumps. Also, I don't think I know this story. Oh my god, then this is going to be an absolute treat for you. Oh my god, where was I? Okay. <laughs> I think as I go along, you actually may okay, know this Maybe? One. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, the year is 2003, and on the island of Kauai, a part of Hawaii, 13-year-old Bethany Meilani Hamilton was set to become the next biggest thing in surfing. Is this Kauai? K-A-U-A-I. Yeah, I think it's Kauai. Kauai. Yeah. Not too familiar Kauai. with Hawaiian vowels it's and like whatnot. One of the, it's one of the islands. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, so her board was her life and she was determined to be the best. Tall and lean and a blonde streak across the waves, she had always been something special in her Hawaiian surfing community. Born on February 8th, 1990 in Lihue, Lihue, Kauai, okay. <laughs> to parents Tom and Sherry, she was raised in a very Christian surfing family, along with her older brothers, Noah and Tim. Bethany learned to handle the waves at an early age. She began competitive surfing at age eight, and by age nine, she had earned her first sponsorship with Rip Curl, wow. which was every preteen's dream brand. Yes, of course. <laughs> like, I remember. You were the coolest of the cool if you had your like, Rip Curl. I mean, like, to bikini. be honest, I was a Roxy girl, but yeah. I mean, both equally is yes. like, very cool yeah. in a way. Yes, of course. Um, so a member of the Hanalei Surf Company, uh, Surf Co team, Bethany and her teammates were the embodiment of the feisty, spirited surfer girls of the movie Blue Crush, taking on a once male-dominated sport with their own gusto. And the homeschooled Bethany proved capable of beating more experienced surfers in competition. In May of 2003, she won both her age group and the Open Division of Hawaii's Surf Into Summer event. Oh my god, Open Division as well. Shortly afterwards, she finished second in the Open Women's Division of the National Scholastic Surfing Association and the National Championships at San Clement, California. Right, so she's just, like, very, very good at... Yes, sorry, just letting some air in. Yeah. <laughs> so she's um, very, very good at, at yeah, surfing. Yeah, she's an exceptional surfer, just a complete natural. Um, a woman named Suzanne Bobo Bollins, also fondly known as Grandma of the Surf, mm-hmm. says she knew Bethany had what it took to be a champion. I consider her a little ocean person, Bobo said. I'd say she has salt in her blood. She lives and breathes the ocean. She gets the big waves. She doesn't mess around. I have said to myself, there's the next world champion. Oh my god. Yeah, so Bethany was just like fire. (laughs) But, (laughs) there's always a but. but. (laughs) On October 31st, 2003, Halloween. No! When the water was glassy and calm, Bethany's life was set to change forever. Mm. That morning, at around 7.30, Bethany was at her favourite surf spot known as the Tunnels, or Tunnels Beach. Mm -hmm. She was with her best friend Alana, Alana's father and family friend Holt Blanchard, and Alana's older brother Byron. The Tunnels Surf Cove is a small area but they weren't going out there to do any serious surf uh, surf training or anything. They'd just gone just to there for a have fun, Love. chill out, amazing, pal around. The scene was completely calm and picturesque. Tunnels Beach, uh, also its actual name is Makua. Uh, yeah, its actual Hawaiian name. Oh. 
is <laughs> is the ultimate snorkeling and scuba divers beach. It is a crescent-shaped bay fringed by palms and ironwood trees. The Golden Sand Beach has a backdrop of lush jungle and mountains, and the lava tubes that form the many underwater caverns are what give tunnels its name. That's so cool. Yeah, like Sounds this like absolute paradise. Yeah, like this place is like postcard oh, worthy, beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I know. I could do with a wee holiday. Eh? <laughs> Out in the shallow water, the small party had been out in the surf for about half an hour. Bethany and her friend Alana were thoroughly enjoying themselves, relaxing, surrounded by small ocean life, but more awesomely, I've put, Mm -hmm. there were numerous turtles. (gasps) Oh my god. And these turtles were out enjoying the warm water that morning. Just turtles for Africa. Right, and of course it's hot in Hawaii and the water's warm and it's crystal clear and it's just beautiful. Oh, absolute paradise. Okay. Alana was sitting up on her board and Bethany was lying down on her board parallel to the waves. Her left arm was leisurely dangling in the water to the side of her board while her right arm was holding onto the front. The bite was so clean and painless that Bethany noticed the sea had turned red before she realised that her arm was gone at the shoulder. Excuse me? (gasps) She had felt a tug on her board, and within seconds, less than seconds, with no time to process what was happening, or even react for that matter, it was over. A shark had taken her arm. Oh, Oh my god! Just like that. Just like that. It was just dangling and then off. A strange serenity came over her, a warmth, as her body began to scream its outrage, spurting a deep, rich, burgundy-coloured blood. She struggled. (laughs) She struggled over to her best friend, also 13, and could only manage the words, I think a shark just attacked me. Alana, (laughs) she said it like that as well, just, I think I've been attacked by a shark. With her one arm. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Alana told her not to even joke about something like that. But then Alana's eyes saw something that her mind couldn't grasp. The bleeding stump where her best friend's left arm used to be. Oh my god. Pause. Can you just imagine that... 13 years old. Both of them. Both of them 13. I mean... Babies. First and foremost, like, just being, I th- I think, I think a shark just attacked. Yeah, and, like, and she said it so, so nonchalantly. Calm. Like, that's what I would be screaming and crying. And two, just picturing, being like, <laughs> don't play jokes. And then opening your eyes and seeing this. Yeah. Like, blood everywhere. Uh, and like a shark blood everywhere that's not good i mean the arm is already gone that sucks but like there's so much more that could go as well alana's stomach revolted she called for her father and her brother who were paddling for a nearby wave like alana holt didn't at first believe what his daughter was calling He figured she was kidding, because he never saw any splashing or struggling, nor did he hear Bethany scream. He quotes, 
All of a sudden, she was paddling in toward Byron and myself, and I saw blood in the water, and I realized she did get attacked. I paddled up to her, and at that point, I noticed her arm was gone. Unbeknownst to the group, a 14-foot female tiger shark, that's four meters long, Oh my god. Had been hunting the mini turtles in the cove that morning. Four meter long tiger shark. I thought sharks didn't really attack so people. Unless they were waiting. <laughs> so I'll I'll explain okay. more. <laughs> okay. Um And as a sidebar, uh, a source I found did a great perspective of the shark in this moment, which I want to include. Interesting. Mm. They seemed such easy prey, slow, awkward, lounging on the surface like something sick. And now it was in her path. It was time. One was here apart from the rest, alone and weak. And this one looked so small and frail. She approached her prey from the side, taking her time, timing the strokes of the thin, pale arm that dipped off the surfboard in a slow rhythm of bubbles. 20 feet, 10 feet, 5 feet. And with one last savage kick of her great tail, she opened her jaws in a ragged yawn and took the thin, freckled arm in her mouth. She clamped down with over 16 tons of soaring pressure, as her teeth met, she effortlessly plucked the thing from the body that once owned it. So this shark, which, and I will like get into it later, yeah. but this shark absolutely had that crushing ability to, in one sweep. Yeah, just like. Bite gone. Boom. So. Oh my god. Still quickly paddling over, Holt Blanchard was mortified when he got a closer look at Bethany's wound. All he could manage was, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. As Holt and Byron arrive over over to the two young girls, Bethany says out loud to no one in particular, I can't believe this has happened. Oh my god. <laughs> it's almost like comedic. Yeah. At this point. Guys, I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> with one <laughs> with one arm. Guys, guys. <laughs> I can't who, believe this has happened. This? <laughs> like, her only two things that she said is, I think I've been attacked by a shark. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe this has happened. Yeah, as, and in that tone as well. Like, there's no, like, ah! It's just... Maybe hmm. it's, like, one sort of way to react to this. Like, just complete numbness and disbelief instead of, like, ah! Which is, like what I and you would react. Exactly. Huh. In this moment, you can imagine Holt's major dilemma. The group was almost a kilometre offshore. He had his son and daughter, a profusely bleeding and gravely injured Bethany, and a large, dangerous shark somewhere below them in the deep blue. Still so far from shore, Holt knows he has to act quickly. He desperately weighs up how he's going to get Bethany out of the water without her bleeding to death, mm-hmm. as they were still like 20 minutes from the beach. Oh, On top of that, he has a difficult decision to make. Don't they all? <laughs> oh, God, because like his children. Should he send his children on ahead across the deep lagoon to keep them away from the bleeding Bethany? Mm. 
And if so, how could he protect them if he did? Or should he keep them close, where at least he imagined he could put himself between them and the shark should it return for Bethany? For one brief moment, Hulk considers cutting himself on the ragged edge of Bethany's board and slipping into the sea (gasps) while he sends the other three ahead and he just is like he's gonna the, try he's the bait. yeah use himself as a distraction to keep the children safe oh my god i mean that's very noble noble very him. yeah i mean as i suppose as a parent like you'd consider absolutely Anything. any alternative um but he had literally no time to deliberate like beth the blood is yeah gushing yeah. um and made Ooh. his decision that's on gross. instinct keep the family close face the danger together So he instructed his daughter to keep talking to a very quickly fading Bethany while he and his son rigged her surf leash. So Holt started pushing her board from behind and Mm -hmm. Byron was pulling her out from front. Right. Um, Throughout the terrifying ordeal, Bethany remains calm. She's just sitting there like, guys, can't believe this happened. Yes. Um, So her inner monologue was going something like, beach, get to the beach. Hmm. So on the outward, she was very calm, but her mind was kind of going, beach, 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 gotta get to the beach. Right, okay. Um, By some miracle, it's high tide. If it had been low tide, they would have had to go all the way around the reef, which would have added an extra 10 or 15 minutes to their journey. Um, But of course, if you have a wound like that, literally every second counts. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it's, you know, very lucky. Um... Whatever emotions Holt, Byron, and Alana were feeling, for the sake of Bethany, they kept them down. No one panicked or lost their head. Bethany, That's incredible. Y- yeah. Especially at their age. Yeah, very young. Yeah. Bethany recalls, My arm was bleeding badly, but not spewing blood like it should be with a major artery open. I know now that wounds like mine often cause the arteries to roll back. Tighten. I wasn't freaking out, but I was praying like crazy. Please, God, help me. God, let me get to the beach over and over again. Closer to the shore in the shallower reef where Hulk could stand up, he takes off his grey long sleeve rash guard and ties it tightly to the stub of Bethany's arm. Hold on to my shorts, he instructs her, and I'll paddle you in. So Bethany grabs with her one one arm arm onto the bottom of his swim trunks and holds on tight. Byron had already paddled ahead, frantically trying to get to the beach so he could call 911. Mm. He was also the first person to inform everybody on the beach what had happened. Oh Holt, my god. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Holt tells Bethany to keep talking to him, asking her questions like, Bethany, are you still with me? How are you doing? Making sure she hadn't passed out in the mm. middle of the ocean. Bethany would answer his questions, although later she admits she has no idea if she was answering them with any sense. She quotes, I think I was just answering his questions and praying out loud and watching the shoreline get closer and closer. Wow. So she was like fading quite fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, Mm. your arm is gone. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was during this last stretch, sort of like last 10 minutes or so to get back to the shore when the first stab of fear shot through Bethany's heart. You could die, she thought. That was when it hit her? Mm -hmm. You could die just then? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. But as fast as the fear set in, she banished the negative thoughts, replacing them with prayer. I'm in God's hands, she figured, and forced herself back into the here and now and concentrated on holding on. Good, 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 good. Like always, Alana, faithful best friend, was paddling Mm. next to her. Alana was looking mostly towards the shore, but Bethany could see her stealing glances. She turned towards her friend and saw the fear in her eyes and the glassiness of tears she was trying to hide. Alana was thinking, I've lost my best friend. Like, it was a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame her for thinking that way. Yeah. Like, literally, she was like, oh, my God, my best friend's going to die. Yeah. As they near the beach, Bethany hears someone yell, quick, go get the lifeguard. But she knew that it was too early for the lifeguard to be on duty and started yelling again to no one in particular, they aren't on duty. (laughs) This girl's great. She's like, I must inform you that the lifeguard's not on duty. They will not help you because they are not here. Please get someone else. It's the first time she'd raised her voice. Yeah. They're not on duty. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> you know, no one's, no one was listening to yeah. her. <laughs> when they finally arrived at the beach, Holt jumped off his board and pushed her over the last few feet of water towards the sand. A small crowd had gathered around, anxious to provide assistance. Um, so Holt and a few helpers lift her off the surfboard and onto the sand. It was at this moment that everything for Bethany went black. She, oh. So she passed out. Yeah. Right. She has no idea how long she's out for. And from that point, she continues to fall in and out of consciousness, struggling to make sense of anything happening around her. Whoa. This behavior, I yeah. wasn't sure what word to use here, this symptom, mm. um, is an alarming yet necessary symptom of the body going into hypovolemic shock. The effect of the blood loss means that Bethany will get more and more confused and tired as she loses more blood. Yeah. Soon her body will go into a coma as there is not enough blood left in her body to bring oxygen to the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Researching this a little bit more, I discovered that your body can't compensate your body can't compensate for much longer on its own in a blood volume loss of over 40%. Right. Um, at that stage, your heart can't properly maintain blood pressure, pumping, or circulation. Um, organs will start to fail without adequate blood and fluids. Um, and once you've lost about 50% of your blood volume without like immediate medical treatment, mm. your body will completely lose its ability to pump blood and maintain oxygen delivery oh Um, my god so so how much so remember that 50 percent number so at that point your body is starts turning itself off yeah um surprisingly though the body can compensate for a good deal of blood loss however yeah at a certain point it it will shut down unnecessary in quotation marks like organs in order to protect the heart and the brain yeah that makes sense so like the first things to go are usually the kidneys the liver yeah yeah that sort of thing yeah (laughs) you know those unnecessary those pesky organs Uh, those uh, i wanted to get rid of them for ages (laughs) Marie Kondo style (laughs) do they spark joy no no (laughs) they just show up to work and say nothing (laughs) <laughs> oh my god 
Okay, yeah. Holt knows he has to try and stop the bleeding by whatever means necessary. Because that is, like, the most important yeah. thing right now. He grabs a surfboard leash from a man named Jeff Wubber, another surfer who was, funnily enough, surfing further out at tunnels that morning. Oh. Um, Jeff had come racing in when he'd heard the news, because I think that shit just spread as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, Holt and Jeff remove the rash top around Bethany's shoulder and tie the surf leash, which was, and I think still is, a similar material to surgical tube. Ah. Oh. And fashion a makeshift tourniquet. Oh. Um, for Bethany, what happens after this is a mostly uh, is mostly a confusing mix of sounds, sights, smells, emotions, mm. and so on. She feels cold, very cold, because blood, excuse me, helps to keep the body warm. And losing a lot of blood will cause hypothermia. Oh my gosh. The people at the beach wrap her up in towels, spare sweaters, anything they had. They continue to assure her that everything was going to be absolutely fine. And to try uh, to make her feel as calm and as comfortable as possible. Yeah. But Bethany is not responding to yeah. any of them. <laughs> um, for poor Bethany... The adrenaline from the attack begins to wear off. The pain in her stump begins to feel like fire, oh a burning God. sensation she cannot escape from. In her head, she thinks, this hurts a lot. <laughs> this <laughs> Good, accurate, mm -hmm. to the point, mm -hmm. this hurts a lot. So prior to that, um, she felt no it pain. It just didn't There hurt. was no yeah. pain at all. She was completely numb to it. Which is insane. Apparently, I saw on um, a different source that pain is a mechanism used by the brain or used by, like, the body and the brain to tell you that there's something wrong and something you need to fix something. But because it was so obvious that there was something seriously wrong, yeah. pain wasn't the, – the pain wasn't there. The brain wasn't registering, like, oh, I have pain. I need to fix this because it was already – so so aware that something was terribly wrong and it just like so the adrenaline quite the adrenaline just covered it cut, cut it out yeah because it wasn't a necessary thing for the brain to be like processing at yeah and other it, things yeah. to worry about yeah <laughs> get to the beach like yeah. that is what she kept saying to herself whoa that's crazy and so only when she was at the beach did her brain start being like okay now next oh, thing oh yeah, yeah yeah your arm you should fix it yeah yeah Major issue here. Um, and of course, absolutely terrified and just in so much pain, she begins yelling for her mum. Oh, mama. I feel like at any age, yeah, you're going to be calling for your mama. I mean, me now, mm -hmm. 25. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mama. <laughs> Bethany also feels incredibly thirsty and asks Alana to find her water. Thankfully, and I'm explain the thankfully part after. Mm. No one at the scene had any, so Alana Ooh. rushed off towards a man jogging on the beach. Come with me, the guy said, and the two of them raced to his holiday home nearby to get a relative of the man, a guy named Paul Wheeler, who was a paramedic as well as the captain at the Hayward, California fire station. Oh, ayo! It's my friend, Alana said to Paul. She needs water. 
Paul knew that Bethany should not drink any water and rush back to the scene to stop someone else who might appease Bethany's thirst by mistake, not realizing the damage it could do. Oh. He informs Bethany he can't give her any water, but he does manage to calm her by saying, God will never leave you or forsake you, which apparently put Bethany like, she I think needed to to hear that. God will never leave you or forsake you. Word of the accident traveled fast around the small island. Mm. It reached Bethany's brother Noah first, who immediately jumped in the car with a friend of his called Sarah. And the pair rushed towards the hospital because people were like, yeah, the the ambulance has got her. She's gone there. And Noah was like, yeet into the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Noah makes a call to his friend Mike, who lived near Tunnels, to ask if he could fill in the blanks, as all Noah knew was that Bethany had been hurt and was being rushed to hospital. That was it? That's all he knew? Mm-hmm. She'd been hurt? Mm-hmm. Oh. So he asked him, did you see the ambulance? And what condition is she in? Yeah. Mike admits he'd heard the sirens, but was not aware what had happened, and he promised Noah he would try to find out more and would call him back. Oh my god. Sherry Hamilton, Bethany's mum, also heard the news and dropped everything to get to the hospital. What did she hear? So, she was driving so fast that the cops pulled her over. Oh, yo. Out of her mind, she could barely explain the situation. Yeah. Until the ambulance driver called back to the cops on the radio um, that they, like, let her go. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, all she enough, could kind of say was, my daughter's been hurt and she's in hospital and I'm going to see her. And it's like, yeah. well, can you prove? And then the ambulance just happens to radio in and it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we got her. Um, Lucky. They just let her go when Noah and Sarah passed her on the road. And so Sherry pulled in behind and the two cars raced together convoy style towards the hospital. Oh my God. So Sherry also had no knowledge of what had happened to her baby. Just that she'd been hurt. Yeah. As Sarah and Noah raced ahead, with Sherry following close behind in the beater, Mike called back. She's lost her arm, Mike tells Noah. Oh my god. Oh my god, cried Noah. Oh no, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. Oh my god. He looked behind to his mother and knew he couldn't call and tell her yet. He couldn't, yeah. It would be too overwhelming for her to handle without being able to focus on the road and her yeah. driving and getting to the hospital safe. <sighs> However, shortly after, Sherry receives a phone call from Holt. She asks him how badly Bethany was hurt. The conversation went like this. Oh, my God. Holt. You mean you don't know? Sherry. Know what? Holt. Sherry, her arm is gone. There is a long pause before Sherry asks, Gone where? Oh my god. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Later, Sherry quotes here, After Holt told me of my daughter's injury, when I learned that Bethany had lost her arm, I just lost it. I fell apart. I had to pull off the road, which is exactly what Noah had predicted and why he didn't tell her. Yeah. Okay, so Sherry is in an absolute state. Gone where? Is it a shark, Sherry? It's at the bottom of the ocean, Sherry. Oh, God. 
That's insane. In an extraordinary coincidence, Bethany was rushed to Wilcox Memorial Hospital where her father, Tom Hamilton, was about to have routine knee surgery. Rather than be put under general anaesthetic for this operation, Tom had opted for local, which would only numb him from the waist down. His orthopedic surgeon, Dr. David Ravinsky, was preparing to start the operation when a nurse burst into the room. Just a heads up, doctor, there's a 13-year-old coming, a shark attack victim at Makua Beach. We are going to need this room right away. <gasps> Dr. Ravinsky, knowing it was Halloween, at first thought the nurse was playing some sort of morbid practical joke. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, okay. But... Tom had heard everything, and he knew that it wasn't a joke. He also knew immediately that the 13-year-old girl had to be either Alana or his daughter, as they were the only little girls on the island with the guts enough to surf the challenging waves at Tunnels Beach. Oh, my God. Tom, stay here, Dr. Ravinsky said. I'll go and try find out what's happening, and hurried out of the room. Tom lay on the operating table for five minutes, unable to move, praying, worrying, with no way to call his wife or his family. When Dr. Ravinsky returned, his face was pale, and he said, Tom, I'm going to have to roll you out. So Tom is waiting in the hallway. His eyes are glued to the door. He sees the ambulance arrive and the victim being taken out. He holds his breath. He would know in a second who it was. Alana had had a sort of blonde, but slightly darker brown hair. Bethany's was almost white blonde. As the gurney turned the corner, all the air in his chest disappeared. Oh, excuse me. In and around the stark red of the clearly copious amount of blood present, the hair was unmistakably white blonde. I'm like tearing up, like, imagine um, that. Did the doctor <sighs> not tell him? So at that moment, Dr. Ivansky appeared beside him. Tom, it's Bethany, the doctor said, with tears in his eyes. Oh She's in stable condition, that's all I know, I don't have any other information. In a later interview, Dr. Ivansky recalls telling Tom the news. I was crying because I knew it was Bethany. I knew how it would affect Tom, and it's the hardest news you can share with another parent. Oh my god. Later again, Tom would tell Bethany that that hour he had to wait in the recovery room was torture and one of the hardest moments of his life. His mind was wild with scenarios of what might be happening to her in the operating room, the room he was in not moments before. He quotes here, I tried to will the feeling back into my legs so that I could run in there and see you. I had no idea how bad you were. I prayed all you'd need was a few stitches and you'd be good as new. But his gut was telling him that that wasn't the case and that this was far more serious. Couple stitches. Mm. So we're back up. (sighs) Okay, so... It has been widely stated that the tiger shark's characteristic serrated tooth uh, serrated tooth shape and grotesquely powerful jaws Mm. have evolved for specialized feeding on large sea turtles whose shells are so strong that they cannot be split with an axe wow 
Also known as the hyena of the sea, the tiger shark strikes with a soaring motion of its bottom jaw against the bone razor blades of the top jaw. It has the most deadly bite of any shark. Oh my god. Bethany's arm was removed so cleanly with such precision and efficiency, in quotation marks, that the operating doctor, upon first seeing the wound, was confused. He wanted to know who the son of a bitch was that had amputated without his permission. Wow. I have pause for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> amputated. Literally, because it was just clean off. Oh my god. Yeah. That's incredible that actually a shark can do that. Because you would assume it would be jagged, It'd be some messy, sort of like needing like to a, rip yeah, it off. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So to reiterate, in case there are any fellow shark fans out there, because PSA sharks are my favorite water creature, water animal. Love me a shark. Uh, The tiger shark has a wide mouth compared to other sharks in its particular family subspecies. Mm -hmm. And inside the tiger shark's blunt snout is something that really sets it apart, which is its teeth. Mm, Each tooth is almost like having several teeth in one space. The sharp primary point, so the pointy end of the tooth, (laughs) extends down, ready to tear into prey. And along that primary cusp, the primary, uh, the pointy bit. Yeah, (laughs) the pointy bit. Are tiny little serrated cusplets that can soar into the food upon, like, impact. Are you saying there are little pointy things on the point? Yeah. Wow. Very sharp pointy bits on the pointy bit. (laughs) Like little pointy bits. Mm-hmm. Wow. The tiger shark has identical upper and lower jaws, and with all these serrated teeth, there's really nothing that the tiger shark can't eat. So, like, there have been recordings of tiger sharks having things like car tires and shit found in their stomachs. Oh my god. They just, like, they'll just eat it. They'll eat. They, they are like the garbage bins of the sea. I see. And of course, that's very important for eco life. They need sharks in the water too. Oh no, sharks are very important. You know, yeah. Love sharks. They do such an important job in the ecosystem. Except for biting off arms. Little Bethany arms. <laughs> so obviously back to the present. By the time Bethany had arrived at the hospital, she had lost sixty percent of her <gasps> blood supply. So she should be mm-hmm. off. And her body, naturally, had gone into hypovolemic shock. Mm. So this is a life-threatening condition that occurs when you lose more than 20% or one-fifth of your body's blood or fluid supply. To reiterate what I touched on earlier, blood carries oxygen and other essential substances to your organs and tissues. When heavy bleeding occurs, there is not enough blood in circulation for the heart to be an effective pump. Once your body loses these substances faster than it can replace them, the non-necessary organs in your body begin to shut down and symptoms of shock Mm. will occur. Yeah. So that's the cold, the confusion, the in and out of consciousness, etc. So details of what happened to Bethany during her numerous surgeries was quite difficult to find. Right. But she had... You know, yeah. multiple surgeries, I multiple transfusions. Um, yeah. But I do have here, though, Monday afternoon, local kawaii time. 
Her recovery was not easy, going through multiple surgeries and operations to return her body to a safe level um, and close up the open stump of her shoulder. Three days after she had brought, been brought into hospital, Bethany had uh, the final surgery to seal her shoulder wound and was reported to be in high spirits. Hmm. And that got released by Rip Curl. They did a public announcement, oh. kind of like, uh, you know, we are working with Bethany's family to, you know, look, make sure she's looked after yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, back in the recovery room, um, however, we do know that her recovery was going exceptionally well. And as we say, um, Bethany, it seemed, became the one who was buoying her family's spirits. <laughs> She was like the happy kind of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. think that she would be the absolute traumatized one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, within days of her attack, uh, she started taking the first steps towards her rehabilitation, already beginning to learn to do things with only one arm and adjusting to the physical and emotional effects of what she had gone through. Um, Bethany was physically scarred by the shark attack, but she refused to let it damage her emotionally. Wow. She quotes here. Well, I think that I should just have a positive attitude towards things and the challenges coming up. And if I have a bad attitude, then it's not really going to make it any better. <laughs> it's not really going to make anything better, she said. Yeah. Over the next few days, hundreds of well-wishers sent her cards and logged onto her website uh, to offer their support. Aww. Yeah. Because she was already, like, kind of a big deal and had, like, a big following. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She was, like, the next big thing in surfing. So yeah. she, like, you know, it says Everyone hundreds, but like, oh. over, you know, over the next, like, wee while, she just got thousands of yeah, letters yeah, and yeah. support stuff and whatnot. I love her, like, her positive attitude through all this. Yeah. Like, uh, straight after surgery being very open and positive to rehabilitation and using only one arm and Mm. then also her attitude towards it yeah it's unbelievable yeah like she just like took it immediately in stride there was never any yeah woe is me she was just like okay whereas i would have have a pity party i'd have a pity party for a for a minute (laughs) for a hot minute yeah yeah it's insane and then get my shit together like a bit later on exactly this gal. Bethany's like, this gal. She's like, uh, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> uh, so Bethany spent a week in hospital before she was released. Only a week? Only a week. But her arm, it came off. <laughs> off weird, don't know. It's at the bottom of the ocean. My goodness, only one week. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> so um, this is where it kind of gets a little interesting. Ooh. So, after word had spread through the islands of Hawaii, some felt it their duty to take a far more drastic response than sending a few well-wished supporting letters. A man named uh, Laird Hamilton, L-A-I-R-D, a big-time American surfing champion, not related to Bethany, funnily about to ask. same last name, okay. but he knew the Hamilton family from growing up on the same island, Uh, called his father, the legendary surfer slash fisherman, Billy Hamilton, and told him if he didn't go out and kill this effing shark, he was going to do it himself. Oh, wow. 
14 days later, much to the outrage of the indigenous Hawaiian people, Billy Hamilton and his friend Ralph Young hauled to the beach a 14-foot tiger shark with a ragged dorsal fin. In order to catch this mighty creature, it took a gutted five-foot grey shark as bait and a barbed hook the size of a dinner plate. Oh my god. I don't know much about fishing, but that's like pretty extra to yeah. use like a five-foot. That's like almost my size. And like another shark as bait. For a giant shark. That's insane. I guess people... A lot of people's first instincts is to go for revenge. Yes. Like, especially, like it's fine for us to sit here now, unattached, to be like... How dare how they, dare they kill the shark? Like, and go from a very principled basis. But when you're involved so personally and emotionally, like, all principles kind of go out the window. Well, um, my friend at work who... Um, you know, has listened to our earlier podcast, mm. was saying it's so easy listening to these stories to put the best version of yourself into the yeah, situation. Yes. But you when you're in these situations, you're often not the best version of yourself. Mm. But it's so easy to judge by being yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In these situations. Definitely. Yeah, you gotta be so, yeah, a so bit true. more honest. But like even if you are being honest to how you would realistically well as accurately as possible as you can, um, even then it's it's like a whole other thing when some something happens to someone you care about. Mm. Like you can consistently your whole life say say you believe in something and say you would never do something like this and and follow through on that your entire life until something happens to someone mm-hmm. and you're so affected emotionally from it that like all your principles yeah. just go out the window you don't know what you do in that situation yeah it's like fight or flight yeah it's crazy um so after gutting this gigantic shark they found no evidence of bethany's arm or the 18 inch semicircle of surfboard that the shark had taken with it but they killed the wrong shark no no, no, no. so they knew uh, that the shark would like they kind of expected it because they knew that the shark would have long before they had got it regurgitated the fiberglass and foam oh like yeah 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 like nope i suppose shark vomit yeah (laughs) um and likely the arm would have come out as well so literally the arm is possibly got nibbled by lots of smaller ocean marine life that's like a bit of a waste, isn't it? What was it all for, what Mrs. Was it Shark? All for? <laughs> you accidentally vomed it up. Um, but yeah, they removed the jaws of the shark and matched them to Bethany's board and revealed a perfect forensic fit. Oh, okay. To within two micrometers. So they had caught Bethany's attacker. Right. Aside from the jaws, the only other part of the shark that was saved in the end was a section of its dusky striped skin. The skin was eventually presented to Boy Akana, local kahuna, who would fashion it into a ceremonial drum to call on the ancient spirits to calm the seas. 
I can't believe that. So, like, everyone was kind of okay with the killing of this shark? No, I believe, um, like, except for the indigenous Hawaiians. Yeah, the indigenous Hawaiians, obviously. Well, I mean, I feel like indigenous people in general have a much stronger connection to the land and the flora and fauna. And so they were super outraged, but all the white people... (laughs) We're like, oh, Bethany. But I'm still shocked that even the white people, like, not, there weren't, like, a couple white people being like, should we? Is this okay? This doesn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, potentially. But I think after they these, you know, Billy and Ralph sneakily caught this shark. Yeah. They were like, okay. What, what, what can you, yeah, yeah it's done. Um... So seven uh, seven days after it was like discovered that the shark had been killed and people could go back in the ocean again <laughs> without fear of being eaten, um, Bethany paid a visit to Ralph Young's compound um, with Billy yeah. and her father Tom. She had come to have a look at the jaws that took her arm. Ralph had displayed the jaw on the lawn outside the main building and crouching beside this strange trophy, uh, it came up to his shoulder. So it was gigantic. Huge. Oh my God, triggering. For long moments, the men stood around uncomfortably as she curiously poked at the razor-sharp teeth one by one. Mm. Then she looked up at Billy and asked if she could have some of the teeth for a necklace she would like to make, an amulet to protect her in the future. The men were so stunned that nobody spoke, but they granted her wish. Oh, my God. And it is after this encounter that moment described at the beginning of this story occurred. So the whole Tom was driving Bethany home after the weirdest day of his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when that happened. Oh, yeah, because it's almost, um, it's interesting that she kind of was reacting this way. Yeah. So calm and so mature and like there's seeing, not anger. Yeah, like seeing the, um, the, the shark teeth and being like, I'm, could I please use this to... As it's an kind of amulet. like a spiritual amulet. Yeah, to protect her. Like, mm, but those teeth did not protect you. But in a weird way, maybe it's just like the circle of life. Have you mm. ever seen the movie Brother Bear? Yes, of course. Of course. Um, that whole concept of, you know, the, the bear killed the brother. Yeah, But that's then true. he killed the bear. Yeah. And then he turned into a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> So I guess the next step is for her to turn into the shark. Yes, for her to go full shark. I apologize for all the noise that's going on. There is so much noise today. That's fine. The worst thing about it is I like gave them like a full on briefing today (laughs) about the noises that they could and could not make. And I think like the overarching theme was do not make any noise. <laughs> Please shush for the hours of four yeah. till six. That's right. So, a direct quote from Bethany's book, Soul Surfer, I think answers a lot of questions about 
why Bethany's reaction to her attack was just so amazing. Yeah, okay. So it reads, I didn't even scream. People say to me, weren't you scared? Didn't you think you were going to be eaten alive? Oh, yeah. I guess that would be a normal reaction, but it wasn't mine. Maybe I was in shock or denial. Maybe I was on autopilot. Mm. I'm not really sure. But when I look back on it now, I'm glad of one thing. I'm glad I never saw the shark closing in on me. I'm glad I never had more than a split second to wrap my brain around the fact that I was being attacked. Mm. If I had, I'm not so sure I would have been so calm. I'm not sure I'd be able to live with the nightmares or ever go back in the water again. And Melissa, you're going to hate this. She went back to her Rather than live in fear of the water the rest of her life, <laughs> she returned to her board oh, just three weeks. Three after- weeks! <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. I can, I can comprehend and understand going back to the ocean and going back to surfing later. Like, she is very good at it. Like, she loves it. It's her life, whatever. Three weeks, though. <laughs> like, like, are the stitches, like, all good? Like, girl, you just lost your arm. Like, take a minute to just, like, process that. <laughs> This is an inappropriate amount of time. You know, like, um, when people break up with people mm-hmm. and then they need to, like, wait a respectful amount of time before re, like, introducing themselves to the dating scene? Mm-hmm. It's like that. <laughs> she is being disrespectful She's being very everyone watching her story. <laughs> disrespectful to how things should go. <laughs> I mean, should, shouldn't, <laughs> you know. Three weeks? That's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, So when she first returned to surfing, she felt like she was learning the sport all over again. Mm. Just learning with one arm and adapting to not having two. The (laughs) other. Yeah. Before, I was really strong at paddling. Since this happened, I only have one arm and my paddling has definitely slowed down. She said, likening surfing to one arm to like the equivalent of trying to do a one arm push up. Oh dear God. I can't even do a two arm push up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was a slow process. Every time I would go out there, I would learn something new. I kept practicing on smaller waves, just standing up and figuring how to catch it and all, uh, catch it and all that. And each time I felt better and better about my surfing. Um, um, uh, Bethany had a lifelike prosthetic arm custom made for her. Oh. But she never used it. Oh. (laughs) Living in Kauai, everybody knows who I am, and it's not really going to make me more confident having um, a real arm and a fake arm. Yeah. It doesn't even really help me. It's not that I don't like it, but it doesn't really come in handy, because living in Hawaii, I'm running around, and it's not waterproof, and it doesn't help me paddle any faster. It's not waterproof? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. So she was just She's like, eh, like, there's no point in me pretending I have an arm when yeah, I don't. Everyone knows everyone I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I think she was just like, meh. Don't. Not bothered. Doesn't faze me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Bethany was gifted a new surfboard, which was designed to ward off sharks. It looks a little like uh, zebra strikes and mimics a poisonous sea creature. Mm. 
Sharks are uh, scared of this pattern. It's kind of a repellent, uh, Noah said. Um, but the main thing is it's a total confidence booster. Yeah. I feel like she should have had that. <laughs> Shiri, the mum, mm. says the family has made other arrangements in the name of safety. We don't go out surfing at the worst hours of the day mm. uh, during the shark's feeding time, which is early in the morning or late at night. So I think that's just a rule now. Like a no early mornings, no Fair late nights. enough. Lessons learned. Uh, Bethany has seen three sharks in the water. This was like from a while ago. She had seen three sharks in the water since she got in again, including one time when a five foot hammerhead shark swam oh right under her board. Oh my god. And she's come straight into the beach, her mum yeah. said. <laughs> uh, yeah, appropriate. Her father, Tom, says she has never had a pity party over losing her arm in the shark attack. Uh, she says her strong religious faith as a Christian has helped her accept losing her arm to um, the attack mm. and that more positive has come out of it than negative. A little more than a year after her accident, she won her first national surfing title. Oh and my God. I know. I know. It's so cool. It doesn't stop her. <laughs> In wow. 2007, she realized her dream of surfing professionally and has won numerous competitions, receiving many accolades and sponsorships along the way. Uh, she also, as I mentioned, wrote a New York Times bestselling autobiography in 2004, which turned into the 2011 film Soul Surfer, which was, she was played by Anna Sophia Robert in that movie. Uh, I know that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I know like of the story. Yeah. But what's super cool is that um, Bethany would play as the stunt version of Anna Sophia Robert. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, like, it's her literal, like, arm and those, like, stunty yeah, yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of cute. That is very cool. Um, three-time world champion surfer Andy Irons, who's been watching Bethany since she, like, Bethany's career since she mm. was uh, six, says he is amazed by her. Every time I see her on the beach, I mean, I watch her the whole time just to see how she gets out, if she catches a wave, and she's amazing. She's probably the most ath- most athletic person I've ever seen. Yeah. He added that he thinks Bethany, with this tragic accident, has become a more popular surfer than she ever could as a professional. People know her in Middle America, G- Germany, Beirut, 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 anywhere you go in the world, mm. they know who Bethany Hamilton is. Back in 2003, before the accident... Bethany says she would have been comfortable being described as a happy little surfer girl. Asked how she sees herself now, a few years later, she replied, a happy little famous surfer girl. <laughs> Ayo! And that, my survival guide friends, is the incredible and humbling survival story of Bethany Hamilton, soul surfer. Oh, epic! Yeah, that's insane. It's a really cool story. It is. I'm actually thinking about how she said she's so glad that she didn't see the shark. Yeah. Before. I feel like that... That would have been the most traumatizing thing. Because she didn't even have that time to process any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Within a second, just boof, gone. Yeah. So, like, when she sees sharks now, she's like, oh, no, like... A shark did attack me, mm-hmm. and therefore I am scared. 
Whereas before, like if she did see the shark attack her coming up to her, it would have been way too traumatic to the point where she probably couldn't enter the water. Yeah, because like you are in shark territory Mm. when you step out into the ocean. Yeah, yeah, you're going into their home. They move so incredibly quick through the water. That if she had seen it coming, it would have been too late. No, no yes. she couldn't have paddled yeah. fast enough to and she would have, get away. All she would have seen was she may have made the attack messier, like her the amputation of her arm. Messier. Yes, yeah, quite possibly made it worse. Yeah. And then also just like yeah, seeing it. I think as well. So I really want to give a shout out, and I'm going to post them on the Instagram page as well. Mm. I follow three um, Instagram accounts. Yeah. Who are all like shark um, conservationists oh, and love. hobbyists, and yeah. like they are constantly posting about the importance of sharks and the beauty of sharks, mm. and they do the most incredible content. So, the first one is uh, Juan Sharks. Okay. The second one is Ocean Ramsey, and the third one is Mermaid Kaylee. So, I would encourage everyone listening to go and follow them. Um, but they like. I've seen some great ones, uh, great videos recently from Ocean Ramsey, mm-hmm. who shows, like, because she works with sharks, she's like, I do not encourage you to try this, yeah. but here's what to do if a shark is coming towards you. And so she will go up to the surface and splash mm. as she swims. And of course, the camera, like the person filming, yeah. is following... Uh, like, is under the water, so not on top, so under the water. Yeah. And you can see the shark coming towards her because yeah. the shark is attracted by the splash and the movement yeah. and the bubbles yeah. and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the shark is, like, meowing towards her. Whoa. As soon as she stops and turns around, the shark immediately is, like, ooh, nope, and turns itself around. Really? Yeah. So as soon as you stop the moving, the shark gets disinterested. As soon as you, yeah, you kind of turn onto the shark, it's like, ooh, I thought I might have caught you by surprise, and I haven't, so I'm going to do it. Just kidding. Yeah. Ooh, didn't see me. Not me. wasn't me. Um. But she also shows ones where if the shark does come towards you, you know, Mm. if you don't stop in time to turn around, you're meant to push in, like, a fluid motion on top of the nose. Mm. So don't, like, try punch it or stab it or do anything. I've seen people try punch. Yeah, Yeah. like, they're, like, punch the nose. It's like, don't do that. Do you want to be punched in the nose? It's not nice. So you're meant to push on top of the nose and in a fluid motion, almost as if you were doing a giant chest compression, <laughs> push down push. and away to the side. So you to re- just like divert them. redirect mm. them because they will emit. They won't. They're not going to come back. You've literally. You're just. They're just like. Oh, okay. Okay. See you later. See you later. Yeah, it's amazing, and I. I get so scared of of the deep blue. I have that phobia. Right. What's it called? Okay. Like thalassophobia or oh. something. Oh. Um, because if I can't see what is below me or around me, I like panic. Mm. And when I was in the Galapagos, yeah. we did a lot of snorkeling and it's quite deep. It's yeah, yeah, literally yeah. out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And I would just like go next to somebody i like wouldn't let people like go off i was like if you're swimming somewhere i'm fucking i'm coming with you yeah 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 um yeah just because it's 
you know, it's just a big mist of blue and that just scares mm. the shit out of me because I, you won't see things until they're right yeah. next to you. Yeah. And because, you know, sharks and whatnot can move so quickly, so efficiently through the water, yeah. that's kind of that whole concept of once you see them, it's kind of too late. You can't yeah. do anything. But yeah. if you know what to do, yo, just turn on them and be like, Mmm. And they're like, whoop, 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 whoop. No, you're a bit yeah. scarier than I thought. You I don't think look they're, sick. <laughs> they're like slightly misunderstood. I don't have that fear per se of the big blue. Like I think they're, um, I find it more um, magical and beautiful and mm-hmm. the fact that there's so much ocean and that there's just like these little, these little things just like swimming along and like <laughs> doing its thing and mm-hmm. will be there at one point and then they, you just kind of pass through, pass by and you're just like, oh, hey, man. And then you keep going. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing as well is I try to say to people and I like comment on stupid social posts that I see where people are like, you know, shark tax girl at beach or whatever and i say people shouldn't be scared of sharks because there's almost no sharks left in the ocean because humans have killed them we all. just killed them all you shouldn't be scared to see a shark because there are no sharks left and they're kind of that i think they just kind of mind their own business i think you need to understand that first so when um, we were, Christopher and I were diving in Costa Rica. There were a couple sharks that were just minding their own business. Awesome. Um, and we were just swimming by and a couple people would see them and freak out. They'd be like, and what did they expect? They're going, they're diving in Costa Rica and they're like, no sharks. Yeah. So like when we got up onto the boat people were like oh it's so scary and I was like no like they were more scared of us like they kind of froze and like waited for us to go past so then they were like phew like it's chill mm. it's like they're minding their own business if you leave them alone they'll leave you alone absolutely like your your reaction will put you Trigger on their radar them. yeah if you react like Bethany would have which is no reaction mm. then they just they aren't interested yeah. it's it's the crazy arm yeah. movements and the But flame. it is interesting that her arm wasn't doing a lot and just sort of and the type shot was, was just bubbles provoked. right like just sort of she was splashing just, and the, oh she was splashing a bit yeah probably yeah. just sort of you know reaching in and out of the surface mm. of the water and of course you know they say like surfboards and you know they're not very big yeah um could have looked like a seal or something yeah and who's just looking like something sick like that yeah um and like you said tiger sharks eat everything so they're probably just kind of curious like yum i'll just put it in my mouth and we'll see how it goes yeah and of course didn't come back yeah which is so interesting as well because there was so much much blood blood. the shark could have easily have turned around i was actually shocked that it didn't come back Mm. i was Throughout your story, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to come back. There's blood everywhere. Yeah, to the point where the dad was like, maybe I need to cut myself to be bait so that they can get away because there's so much blood. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Okay, so what we have learned from this story is is if you are out in the water, which is 
um, full of turtles or other, you know, marine life, don't fuck around and splash and whatnot. Or just don't go in the water. Mm. If it is, if you are on an island and you are going swimming, you are entering a territory where you are open to what is in the territory. Like, if you want to go and swim and see the turtles, which would be what I would want to do, be aware that there will be other creatures there. Yeah, like, maybe don't go out... One kilometre out. Or, you know, without proper guides Mm, or... Knowledge. Hey, you guys want to go out and see turtles? Cool, but we're going to do it this way. So that there is no risk and everything is a bit more controlled. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it is just very, well, I mean, I want to say it's unlucky that it happened, but I think potentially the fact that they all grew up in the surf, you know, they know Tunnels Beach was her favorite beach spot. Like, yeah. perhaps just a little bit of human they arrogance. Their, they put their guard down a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's such a good Probably thing. a combination of that, like putting your guard down and just a bit unlucky that a shark just happened to be there and want to nibble on an arm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so just be smart in the Mm. water, be prepared, be vigilant. Mm. But I also think another lesson is still to remind yourself that, like, sharks are still fantastic. And important. And important. And they are not these, like, crazy Jaws-like things. Out to eat us. Yeah, like, whenever they can sort Mm. of thing. But they are apex predators Mm. and they need to be respected for what they are. Yeah. I, yeah, like I know we kind of touched on it, but I was so offended that they killed the shark. Yeah. Purely because it was revenge. That shark can't get away with it. Yeah. That shark doesn't give a fuck two ways of one. Like. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm still offended that this happened and I'm offended that no one was offended other than the indigenous. Indigenous. People of Hawaiian. Like, I was just like, how are people okay with this? Even after the fact that it happened. Like, someone should have been like, that was wrong. You know how they say, um, if a dog is naughty, you should kind of spray it with water then and there, rather than a week later and, like, (laughs) getting mad at it? The dog doesn't know. Yeah. The shark was like, It was just doing... It was some sort of crunchy fiberglass shit. That's yuck. Don't want that anymore. Blech. Yuck. Yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, it's like, oh, okay, I'm dead. It's just mean. It's really It's mean. not okay. You're punishing them for doing what they normally do. What sharks do best. Yeah. It's like, why are you offended by this? And, of course, you know, I wonder if somebody had said to Bethany, like, we're going to go find the shark, if she might have said, no, no, don't. Yeah. Shark was just doing what sharks do. I wonder if someone asked her about that. Like, yeah. how did you feel about, about people about people killing the shark mm. to like seek revenge for what on happened? your behalf? On your behalf, because I would have been like, I mean, look, I can say now, <laughs> me <laughs> right now. than thou, yes, <laughs> being like, mm, yeah, I would have said, uh, no, don't do that. That's horrible. But who knows? If I lost my arm, maybe I'd be a bit angry. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You took my arm. I took so many hours. Yeah. They didn't just take an arm, though. They took the life. Yeah. 
yeah 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 but um yeah so quick sources i use so many sources for this because um it was yeah it was just really hard to scramble to find all the different bits and pieces Mm. and um yeah so yeah i uh did uh how on how works dot com about the tiger shark it's an article by molly edmonds the inertia.com uh red water bethany hamilton and the teeth of the tiger article by matt george august 4th 2011 amazing miracle bethany hamilton the soul surfer who survived a shark attack by newsweek special edition uh, surfer girl makes comeback after shark attack by abc news young surfer girl tells tale of shark attack by abc news Bethany Hamilton faced a near-death experience when she lost her arm during a shark attack. <laughs> Article by Kevin Moore on June 28th, 2020. And, of course, Bethany's book, Soul Surfer. Okay, well, thank you once again, everyone, for listening. Yes. We've had a really great time today. And, of course, as we say, please go and follow us on Instagram. We'll be posting photos of yes. Bethany and exciting other relevant things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also to, like, rate and review us. Yes, please um, go rate and review us because if you like us, other people might like us. But they can't find us. Unless we're rated and reviewed. Unless we get rated and reviewed. But, like, only nice reviews. Yeah, like, if you hate us... Just go about your merry life just, and don't tell anyone. <laughs> like like the shark that's like, oh, you notice. Like, just walk, just kind of yeah. divert. We're going to divert you. And float away. Float away. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lovely to chat today. And I'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>